Today on the Rogue Retirement Lounge, we're going to talk about some non-financial aspects of your retirement plan. If you're like me, you might be obsessed with your investments, your net worth, your distribution plan, and all that stuff, but you may be neglecting some very important factors, like your purpose, your happiness, like having a reason to get out of bed. Okay, let's do this. Welcome to the podcast where entrepreneurs go to learn about alternative retirement investing strategies and structures and all things related to planning a successful, prosperous retirement. If you're self-employed, if you're a gig worker or solopreneur, you've come to the right place to learn how to retire wealthier, retire sooner, and retire happier. This is the Rogue Retirement Lounge. Today, I'm really psyched to be talking to Susan Latramoy on the show because we're going to talk about the things that you may be neglecting that could be the difference between a happy retirement and an unfulfilling, boring retirement. Or worse, just failing at retirement altogether and having to go back to work to keep yourself busy. I think this is a really important topic, and there's actually a lot more than meets the eye when it comes to retaining your purpose once you've exited the workforce. So I'd like to introduce Susan Latramoy. She spent over 35 years as a wealth advisor, assisting clients to financially plan for their retirements. She saw a common thread among her clients. Having enough money to retire was only a piece of the retirement puzzle. It was the non-financial side that had the greatest impact on their predictability of a successful retirement. And this led Susan to start her own company, Success DNA, helping baby boomers rewire not retire. You can learn more at successdna.ca. Susan helps clients know themselves deeply using a powerful assessment called SuccessFinder. Susan also co-founded Next Chapter Lifestyle Advisors with partner Marianne Oser. Next Chapter Lifestyle Advisors is a dynamic and experienced team of retirement lifestyle planning professionals who believe that planning for non-financial aspects of retirement, the physical, mental, social, and emotional, is imperative for a happy and successful next chapter. Next Chapter Lifestyle Advisors works with financial advisors to educate, inspire, and guide their clients to design and implement their lifestyle so it can be coordinated with their financial plan. Susan has authored multiple books and has a list of designations as long as your arm. And I've got more details about Susan in the show notes, so definitely check that out. But suffice it to say, she is super smart, and I think you're going to get a lot out of this interview. Oh, and uh, she's a world traveler, aspiring rower, mom, grandmother, certified yoga teacher, and rooftop gardener. Let's meet Susan Latramoy. Susan, thank you so much for joining me today. It's my pleasure to be here, Matt. Thanks for having me. No problem. I'm, I'm excited about this conversation because I think that most of us, uh, self-employed people, as we're getting ready for retirement, we spend all our time thinking about numbers. We think about you know, finances and we think about our social security, when that's going to kick in. And we think about all of these things that all relate to kind of keeping a roof over our head and keeping us entertained and all the finances. And what we fail to take into account is that we've been working for the last 30 years. We're 
might be really kind of wrapped up in our job. We might have an identity based in in our job. And so what you do is you help people deal with the non-financial side of retirement. So can you tell me what you do and how you ended up getting into this field? Great. Well, why don't I start there, how I ended up getting into this field, because that provides some context then for what I'm doing now. So for 35 years, I was a financial advisor. And my role was to help people plan their money, do financial plans, and manage their resources so that they could live happily ever after in retirement and leave an estate. And so I was very focused on the financial side. And during my 35 years, I developed wonderful long-term relationships with my clients, many of whom were business owners, entrepreneurs, and so on, people that had relied on their own resources to make it themselves and be successful. And so when they finally exited, whether it was that, you know, their children took over the company, they sold the company, they, um, you know, had an unfortunate event that they had to leave or something like that, I watched them make this transition into retirement. And all my clients had the wealth to do it. Money wasn't their their preoccupation. But I watched them make this transition into retirement and not be as happy as they expected themselves to be. Many of them thought that if once they exited their their employment years, that it would be a life of, well, I'll go to Florida and I'll play golf in the winter, you know, then I'll travel and spend summer at the cottage and life will be happy ever after. And what they realized was that a big part of their life was missing and that a life of leisure wasn't all that it was cracked up to be. And I thought, what is wrong with this picture? Why is it that people work all their lives, shore up their financial resources, and then they don't enjoy their retirement? And I thought, you know, the financial advisory industry really has a role to play here. After all, how can you do a good financial plan if you don't know what the person's life plan is? So I sold my practice, my very successful wealth practice at the end of 2019, and decided that I wanted to dedicate the next phase of my career to helping people with this transition. So today, with my partner, Marianne Osher, our company called Next Chapter Lifestyle Advisors, and the URL is the same, nextchapterlifestyleadvisors.com, we work with both financial advisors who work with their clients in this transition, and then we do a lot of work directly with people. No matter what their career profession business has been, many face the same challenges as they transition to retirement. In fact, it's said that some people spend more time planning a two-week vacation than they do planning the next 30 years of their life. I've heard that. And we think that's a big mistake, have you? Yes, yeah. yeah. So so I feel that, um, you know, doing anything without a plan is kind of a risky business. And we believe that by taking that time in the beginning, actually pre-retirement, to think about a plan that it serves people much better and they're not wasting any time once they retire trying to suffer the pain of retiring without a plan and then having to regroup and refocus and start start all over again. Interesting. Okay, so back when you were being a wealth advisor and you were observing these kind of uh, problems making the transition, can, can you recall what were some of the things that people would experience 
in retirement that they didn't expect, mm-hmm. even though they had all their finances worked out, they, they, they quit, they got their gold watch, they retired. What were kind of some of those things that, that hit them broadside? Well, I would say the first thing is that many people enjoy their retirement honeymoon, which is that short period of time, anywhere from six to 18 months where they say, I'm so happy. I don't have to show up at the office. I don't have to set the alarm clock. I can do what I want. I don't have to work with that person that I didn't enjoy working with. And so there's this euphoric period, like every honeymoon, that is happy and and seems like it's going to be the rest of your life. But like all honeymoons, the retirement honeymoon does end. And that's when people start to experience that sense of loss. They can experience loneliness, missing their work colleagues, missing the teams and the people that they interacted with day by day. And in fact, a lot of people spend more time with their colleagues than they do with their family. So it becomes like a family to them. So they miss this team, they miss their colleagues. Some of them that have had um, positions of power and influence and control and have been looked up to and have a lot of status miss that. In fact, we say that overnight they go from who's who to who's he. They're no longer there. Their, their prominence was associated with their, with their title or with their role in the organization rather than with them as a person. So when you're working, you know, most people feel quite purposeful about their work and they realize that the work that they're doing benefits others. In retirement, unless they find purpose, there's a real loss, which one of the gurus of purpose work, Richard Leiter, says is inner kill. A life without purpose is inner kill. So it's really important in retirement for people to find a purpose, whatever it is, and it doesn't have to be just one. And it doesn't have to be a massive purpose like save the rainforest. It can be a smaller purpose on a much smaller, more intimate scale, maybe just with family and friends, community. Maybe it's going back to a hobby that was set aside because of time pressures. But whatever it is, purpose is critical. So that's what I've experienced is this loss of camaraderie, loss of status and importance, and loss of purpose. And those are the things that tend to bring people down and make them unhappy. I'm a big advocate of having a schedule, and I think that work provides us with a built-in schedule. Even during COVID, where it was, you know, meetings were, were held virtually, but you still had to show up at a given time and perform. And oftentimes in retirement, there's no reason to get up in the morning. And then when you do, everybody else is doing something else. So what do you do? You just sort of lounge around. Maybe you get into a bad TV habit. Maybe you go to the bar at noon and sit around and have a sandwich and talk to the bartender. And that has its own risks of leading to an afternoon of imbibing and um, and just killing time. Um, so there, there are a lot of perils of not having a plan in uh, in those years so our work is very focused on first getting people clear on who they are because so often from we're railroaded from it or education years into a career a field of business and then we may like it but it may never have been our real passion it may not really represent who we are so we do our first um, step really is to do a deep dive on the individual so they can discover the full aspects of themselves. And rather than then having to fit into that cookie cutter notion of what your retirement should look like, they can really start to design the retirement that's perfect for them. So we start with this diagnostic tool called Success Finder, 
where they, we do this deep dive on their 85 important behavioral traits and that that uncovers some of their lifestyle priorities, their motivations, and we use that material and information, and they do too, to go through a series of exercises, ultimately leading to the creation of what we call your happiness portfolio for retirement. And that portfolio, just like a financial portfolio, has different asset classes to it. And they're all designed to complement each other rather than duplicate each other. So in the eight aspects or parts or asset classes of the happiness portfolio, we delve into each one and make sure that the person then comes up with a plan to have a balanced portfolio, just like the financial advisor would do with a with a, the financial portfolio. So there are a lot of analogies or similarities in terms of the planning process. We're just fo- focused on the other aspects of life other than money. And this is where we like to partner with financial advisors because they do the money part, we do the non-money part. And the, together we make a great team to help that individual really maximize the use of their money and have it really geared towards the goals and the purposes that they have set for themselves. So that's how it works, Matt. Okay, so going back to people who just retired, if they don't have someone like you, I have heard of so many people who retire, they go through the honeymoon period, they go to Mexico, they golf, they they do that, what you how, how you describe that kind of six to 18 months of kind of bliss, I'm free. Then they hit the the kind of uh, the loss period where they start realizing, oh wait, you know, I'm I don't have the social group that I had, I don't have the purpose that I had, I'm sleeping late, I do all that, and then what they do is they just naturally slingshot, I got to get a job, and so even though they can support themselves and they could be out going and having fun and doing whatever, this this whipsaw reaction is okay, I just have to go to work because I'm not happy anymore. And so you'll hear about people going back to work and then being unhappy at work because they think they should be retired. And it's kind of this weird, vicious cycle. Mm-hmm. And so if they come to you, how many people, when, when they talk, when you consult with people, how many people end up having to go back to work just because they can't do without it? Or, or are you able to keep everyone from having to do that? Well, I think there's a happy medium. Um, for, for some, I think that going back to work, and it may not be in exactly the role that they were in before, but it could be something they think they would enjoy more. Um, but I think that sort of a cop-out is just to say, I better get a job because I don't know what else to do. Just like staying in a job that you're sure. not happy with or staying and running your company. And we find this, you know, a uh, number of years ago, I did the Family Enterprise Advisor Program. And you know the adage, shirt sleeves to shirt sleeves in three generations. It's it's common phenomena in family businesses. Uh-huh. And one of the reasons that family businesses don't survive past the sometimes even first or second generation, but often the third, is because the founders, let's say the matriarch patriarch, doesn't step down. They just stay and they're impeding progress, whether it be the new generation coming in, whether it's the adoption of new technologies, whether it's um, finding new ways to grow the business, they just stay because they don't have a better plan. And so I think it's really unhealthy for people just to work because they don't know what else to do. It's in a way a cop-out from facing the reality of saying, I've got a third of my life ahead of me and I'm going to make it the best yet. And, and, you know, this whole field that we work in of non-financial retirement lifestyle planning is in its infancy because this generation is really the first that has this 30-plus year lifespan 
let's face it, in our grandfathers' eras, right. previous generations, we just didn't have the longevity on our side. And just like um, other um, new fields, there's no roadmap. There's no prescription for getting it right. We have to create it. We have to design it ourselves. And so that's what we do is help people really get clear on themselves first and then design this roadmap for them so that when they look back on their lives, they, they can say that, yeah, it was a big adjustment to, to retirement, but now I'm living the best life possible. I've, you know, I've been successful in my career. I've made the money I need to be happy and comfortable. And now I can do all those things and, and, you know, and really have a plan for, you know, going out with a bang kind of thing, rather than just wasting away in the, in the rocking chair and health declining and addiction setting in and, you know, downward spiral. So it, a lot of it has to do with the mindset of the person. And when we do our webinars and speaking and when we're coaching our clients, we first talk about mindset. And what is that mindset? I remember one uh, business owner, and he had a wonderful mindset about growing his company. He was very growth-oriented and had all the right uh, vision for his company when he was in the company. And then his mindset about retirement was terrible. He just thought, oh, I'm going to be you know, on a walker before I know it, and I'll be living in a retirement home, and I won't have my marbles with me. And, you know... He, he, that was his view of how of how, what retirement looked like. And that requires a shift, obviously, first to say, well, what are the possibilities? And then when what we find is that when we've done our work with people, they get very excited about it and just like re-energized, re reinvigorated about what the potential is for their lives. Okay, that's super cool. So... If someone comes to you and um and I'm 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 curious about getting the uh, financial advisors on board with your program mm -hmm. uh, but but real quick let's talk about this the happiness portfolio you talk about uh, asset classes can we can we dive into those a little bit sure sure so professional is one of the eight asset classes because for many people having still some engagement with their profession is um is important to them um so I wouldn't discount professional okay as you know not being important just not the money part of it which again the financial advisors are there to handle but then a second part of it probably next important is is their primary relationship and how healthy is that so there's this thing called gray divorce which is people in their 50s 60s and 70s actually getting divorced um, my partner Marianne when she first started in this doing this work over a decade ago she started out in the relationship coaching field and she found that a lot of the oh, couples wow. that came to her came to her uh, with relationship issues and the catalyst in many cases had been that one or both of them retired and that's what drew, drew her into the field, was saying there's more to um, retirement than all these other areas, but the impact on the primary relationship. And, uh, you know, we, we sometimes joke around and say, um, you know, this I'm painting a very stereotypic um, story here, but he's a CEO. He's been traveling his whole life and in the office till all hours. His wife has raised the kids, carved out a life for herself. All of a sudden, he's 65 on his 66th birthday. He says, dear, what are we doing today? What's, what's the plan for today? And what are we having for lunch? 
And she she says, uh, listen, I've had my day planned for years, and I don't know what you're having for lunch, but I'm out with the girls for lunch. You know, and it's it's kind of like this disconnect between the expectations of what he thought retirement would look like and, and what she, and I'm, I totally acknowledge that's very stereotypical. But it's not uncommon no, no, that people have these right. uh, different expectations about what retirement looks like. And let's face it: if your retire, if your relationship is not in good, good in a good place, <clears throat> work can be a wonderful escape. Go to the office, and then you just have right. to minimize the the dealing with it. So, a primary relationship is one of the eight areas that we look at, not for any kind of marital therapy, but just to shine the spotlight on what what you know potential risks there are to the relationship, and also how to make it wonderful. Then we look at family and friends. You know, a lot of people really enjoy. Uh, babysitting their grandchildren, let's say, or uh, having more time for doing things with other friends, family members. So that's an important area that not to be overlooked. A lot of people feel they've been had an op- had many opportunities in their life, so they like to give, whether it's through volunteer work or whether it's through donations or some kind of community engagement. But the giving is part of it. Then we look at their spiritual, let's say, emotional health. It's not necessarily religion of any organized sort, but just how healthy, what kind of emotional, what are things they're doing for their emotional well-being and health. Maybe it's meditation, maybe it's uh, some other form of of tapping into that essence of of who they are and how to stay healthy emotionally. Then there's leisure, and we shouldn't overlook leisure because this is the time that if you've always wanted to have more time on your sailboat or the golf course or you know, your clubs or whatever, then leisure for sure should be a factor in the, in the, um, the happiness portfolio. We look at um, self, self-development, which is learning, you know, being a lifelong learner, or what you can do to um, maybe maximize the potential of who you are. And that ties into the eighth theory, which is health and aging. And when we're young, we tend to take our health for granted and we think we'll never get old and we'll always be healthy. But as we all know, as we age, we have to be more uh, proactive and more attentive to eating well, sleeping properly, getting enough exercise and staying physically active so that the rest of our life can function as well. And that's probably the most important aspect. I would say that health is first, money is second, or having the means to to actually uh, do what you want, and then all of these other areas come into play. So if, if somebody really goes through our process and we do the exercise with them and we help them, we Um, do this plan, they come out of it with tremendous clarity about what this next chapter looks like. And they come out of it with a way, in a sense, a peace of mind that they're going to really have the best years yet. It's powerful with couples because they don't necessarily retire at the same time. Or if they are both Mm, retired, then they have big opportunities to to, um, do parts of their lives together. And then they each, of course, have different pursuits uh, that they may want to uh, be aligned with. And when I do the success finder assessment, I usually do the couple individually. And then I do a a session with them together. And that's really revealing, too. I worked with a couple not long ago that had sold their business. They were still relatively young. 
And even though they had been in business together, when we did their success finder assessments, we found that one area of common interest was their humanitarianism. That was one of their lifestyle priorities that was identified. And then they recalled how they'd been to Africa on a safari. They both had a keen interest in animals, and they decided that the humanitarian part of their retirement was going to be refocused then on on uh, African game, African wildlife. But yet, when it came to the rest of their life, even though you know they had worked together very closely in their company, he decided to join the board of an industry association. They were in the travel business. She decided to turn her hand to writing and was writing the history of their company and her memoirs. So, but it, But the exercise allowed them to understand each other better find this area of common interest and also areas that they were different. And it was a really exciting uh, time that, that I spent with them because they learned so much about each other, even they, though they'd been married a long time. And it really gave them, as I say, that clarity about what they should be doing next. So, you know, everybody that goes through our process comes out of it really glad and, and grateful that they've taken the time and uh, dedicated the resources to making a plan for this next chapter. And of course, it's the work we love to do. And I guess when I was a financial advisor, I loved giving people peace of mind about their money. And now I get to help people get peace of mind and clarity about their life. And that's, uh, that's really rewarding. Oh, that's awesome. So speaking of financial advisors, now you are offering your service uh, to and through other financial advisors. And there we're talking about an industry that, A, is as old as there we've had money. And also, it's it seems to me like a very rigid, uh, like it hasn't evolved very much in the last, say, 100 years. And how how have you been received by like your everyday average you know CFP CFA those guys who are your kind of wealth managers uh, when you come to them with this and which clearly makes great sense to anyone who has has thought about it but to a, a you know the, one of these staunch financial managers how do they are how receptive are they to this idea well this isn't for all financial advisors i have to say because many are still very focused on doing financial plans and investing money and they want to talk about the market and the economy and so on and i'm not going to be critical of that there's definitely a role for advisors like that but the industry now does sure. talk about being holistic. If you look at every financial company's website, they're going to talk about we're holistic, we do it all, we do the planning, and etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So I believe that to really walk the talk about being holistic, an advisor cannot ignore this area. And so what we do with advisors is first find the advisors with the right approach, the right mindset. Often these are advisors that right. have made retirement a specific focus of their practice. So they really like either working with business owners or they like to work with people in this right in this demographic of retirement. And for us, those are those are ideal collaborative partners. So what we do with them is several things. First of all, oftentimes their clients are hungering for this kind of information. So we offer client-facing webinars that the advisor can to can put on to his or her practice, invite clients. It's a great way for their clients to invite their friends to participate because we're not talking about money and there's no product sell associated with it. And it educates those people and gives them an opportunity to learn more 
about uh, what the, this transition into retirement looks like. Typically, the clients that attend will thank their advisor for putting this on. And in polls that we do, they all say we want more and we'd love our advisor to bring us more of this. So the client-facing webinars are, are one way that an advisor can tiptoe into this area um, with their clients. Great content and, um, you know, it's a great way to build their business. A lot of them use social media to to uh, promote their, the event because it's something different than talking about the next best ETF or mutual fund. And um, so that's one way. And then for firms that want to go deeper, we actually train the advisors not to become retirement planning consultants themselves, but to how to have deeper conversations with their client. So in the surveys that have been done, clients are hungering for knowing, having their advisor know more about them. And they, but the advisors typically are not trained in having these conversations. So we work with advisors to, to educate them and train them on how to go deeper with their clients in this area. And then for some advisors, they just like to hand off their clients to us. And we're like a collaborative partner, the same way they would work with their accountant or their lawyer or their realtor or their tax specialist or whatever. They We're part of that collaborative team that's there to help their clients with this aspect of it. What I really believe, though, is that a good financial plan has to be based on the life plan. And it, you can't do, as a financial advisor, I couldn't do a very thorough, accurate projection, financial projection or retirement plan until I was really clear about my client's intentions. For example, if they want to start a new business, what's where's the capital coming from? The portfolio, most likely. Right. If they're going to make a big donation or, you know, uh, support uh, their grandchildren through college or they're going to, you know, endow or, or give money to the hospital in a meaningful way, then this is all part of the financial planning process. At the same thing with their estate plan. If they're very wealthy, where is this money going? You know, and a lot of people care deeply about their legacy. So getting clarity about what happens after they're gone is important to them. So all of these factors should be front and center in a good financial plan. So I think it it just ups the game for a financial advisor to have knowledge and awareness and to have these resources available to them. And it differentiates them. And I know from being an advisor that many struggle with how, how am I different? How do I look and feel different than the next guy who's saying the same things? And so this is kind of a, right. the leading edge of differentiation, and I believe. I want to also point out something else for financial advisors. You know, we all know that fees are under scrutiny in the industry. And we know that product fees have gone commodity. I mean, they're no longer, you can't really have a premier product anymore. It's all very, very commoditized. And we've seen that advisor fees themselves have started to be questioned. During these good years of financial markets, people don't quibble with, oh, I'm paying 1% on my assets and I have my financial plan. But if the market's turned down and they're, and they're no longer making money for clients, the clients start saying, well, how, why am I paying you this and how are you justifying your fee? So we believe that by adding in additional resources and services that you're easy, it's easy to say, you know, I charge this and I do this, 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 and this. And by the way, I'm going to really help you and make sure that you've got your life set up for when you, when you exit your business. So it's a way of, of sort of adding value to the, to the client relationship as well for the fees that they're paying. Interesting. Okay. So from a, from a business perspective, um, Susan, uh, how, how much of your, 
uh, it's you and Marianne, how much of your business is direct to client and how much of it is uh, teaching and training financial advisors how to do what you do? It's about 50-50 right now. Oh, wow. Where, um, yeah, about half of our time is with financial advisors and the other half is with end clients. And as we grow, we are connected with the Retirement Coaches Association in the U.S., which is a, a body of trained professionals as retirement coaches. And we are um, building a stable of other retirement lifestyle coaches and planners uh, to be able to handle the workload that we that's coming our way. So, um, you know, bandwidth is important in any business. And really right now there's, there's the two of us, but we have a lineup behind us of, of people. So we could match people either geographically or by, by profession, by gender, by age, you know, uh, really what the interests like we have, uh, some of our retirement planning colleagues specialize in medical professionals and really understand what it, what the transition from being a doctor to a retiree looks like. Another one specializes in solo aging, what it's like to be alone as you retire. Mm. Uh, so there, there are various categories and specialties within retirement planning. And so our network has people in, in a variety of those areas. And so we're able to, to match them. But at the moment, it's about 50-50 working with financial advisors and their firms and then doing direct work with clients. Gotcha. Just want to add one more thing. And this was not part of our original business plan. But when we did a, we did a webinar for a, um, an American organization and about there are about 85 uh, participants, and most of them were financial advisors. And it was all about exiting your business. And half of the advisors were asking questions, well, what about me when I want to exit? And we realized that with the advisors uh-huh. themselves should be doing this plan. It's like the shoemaker's children. They better be, they better have their own ducks right. in a row if they're going, if they're at retirement age, rather than just saying, well, I haven't done anything, but you, my client, you should do this, you know? So we're finding that there's a growing interest from financial advisors themselves, kind of that 55 plus age group that, um, so mm-hmm. I would say that's a, I don't know whether we put them in the financial advisor bucket or probably more like the client bucket, the individuals, but they shouldn't ignore their own planning because they have just the same risks that their clients face if they retire without a plan. Absolutely. Okay. So do you have a, like a certification program? You, you've got these, these people who work for you and, and, and do your training and the like, is there a certification or a program that they go through? How does, how does one become part of your organization? So first of all, um, you know, either having a general coaching background, but there's specifically um, training for retirement coaching. So uh, both Marion and I are certified as retirement coaches, and there are two organizations mm-hmm. in North America that train people to become retirement coaches, and uh, just everybody that we would work with would have one of those two designations. Um, as I say, Marianne's also a, my partner's also a um, relationship planner, and I'm also a family enterprise advisor. So typically, people have more than one designation that's related to this area. And then in terms of working with us, it's our following our defined process. I mean, every, you know, everyone has an individual personality, but the steps and the activities and so on that they uh, go through would be a similar, you know, would be the same really for from one person to the next so that we can ensure 
continuity, that we can ensure quality control and so on. When it comes to the success finder assessment, right now I'm the only one doing that work because that is a whole separate training that I went through and and the years of experience with it. Um, But uh, beyond just that that one phase of it, then there's the really more in-depth part of it is the actual sessions, the coaching sessions and the training. Okay, well, for somebody out there who is, say, someone like me, 52 years old, you're looking at retirement within the next 10 years and whatnot, how can they find out more about you and how can they uh, get in touch with you and, and find out about your services? Yes, I think uh, just before I talk about that, there are really four times to start this kind of planning. And you're 52. I think that's oh. ideal to start in your 50s to, to start thinking about these things rather than waiting till I'm 65 and now what? Or getting into retirement and saying, oh, this wasn't what it was cracked up to be and I'm pretty lost. So I applaud people to start early and start thinking about it. So the best way right now is to go to our website, www.nextchapterlifestyleadvisors.com. And on the website, you'll see our bios, of course, and our our information about what we do. But what I really encourage people to do is use our Calendly link to find a time for a discovery session. So we're very happy to do a 30-minute, no-obligation call. This is a relatively new field, and we want to make sure that you know, whoever is interested understands what we do and that we make it's an opportunity for both sides to see if we're a good fit for them. Whether it's an advisor or a client, we want to make sure it's a good fit. And then after they've we've done the discovery call, then we can chart the course for what comes next, what would be the best next step. Um, so I would I would highly recommend it to someone going to the site, booking a call with us if they're interested, or just sending us a, an email if they want to answer some, have us answer some questions. And we're also on LinkedIn as well, so more in depth of our bios on on a LinkedIn profile, which is, I believe is how you and I became connected as well. So. Um, that's a possibility. If they're just interested in the success finder assessment, there's a separate website just for that, successdna.ca, not .com, but CA, successdna.ca. And that describes the success finder assessment, the tool that we use in much more detail. And you don't have to be of retirement age to, uh, to, to go through that. It's a tool that we use as part of our consulting and planning, but it's also standalone for other people of other age groups that might be interested in it. Cool. Okay. Well, I will have all of those links in the show notes. So people, uh, if you didn't get that, uh, if you didn't write it down, uh, the links will be in the show notes. Uh, and in the meantime, Susan, I enjoyed this very much. I, uh, I think about this stuff all the time and, uh, you've definitely given me and, uh, our listeners food for thought. And so I thank you so much for being here and, uh, have a great weekend. Thanks to you, Matt. Bye for now. Nothing in this podcast is meant to be financial, legal, or tax advice. Though there's some kick-ass information here, it's for informational purposes only. Take control of your retirement planning, but get professional counsel if you need tax, legal, or financial advice. For more content like this, join my mailing list at rogueretirementlounge.com. And if you have questions about retirement investing, entrepreneurship, business, or anything else, my email address is matt at rogueretirementlounge.com. 